0: what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of dj coffee talk today we have a conversation with timothy jones timothy is known by his stage name mental he is a local tucson dj and producer he mixes primarily dubstep and rhythm however you can find him mixing house under the alias jimothy tones see what he did there he mixed the first letters of his first name hell yeah Anyways, we have an in-depth conversation with him regarding his music, production, history, and perspective on EDM and the music entertainment industry that surrounds EDM. Recently, Tim has opened for Virtual Riot and YDG. He can be found mixing in Tucson alongside artists such as Suede, Isaiah Hall, Half Dead, and Lance Fairchild. Please check him out. He is super dope. So definitely like follow him, check out his music. You can connect with him via the link tree in our bio.
1: Before we jump into the episode, here's a quick sneak peek of one of Mental's original songs called World Unknown. It's a great representation of his ability to transport us to an otherworldly space filled with some nasty dubstep. Another cool fact about the song is that Tim sang the vocals for the track himself. It's a real double threat. Anyways, enjoy the track, but don't go too far because we jump into conversation right after that.
0: Stay caffeinated and enjoy the show.
2: I know, fading fast
0: to a world
2: alone. One, two,
0: three, go! Drop it!
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> We've been here before. we been time. here. Yeah. Uh, we're here with Tim Mental, local DJ uh, from Tucson, Arizona. Um, I want to start off with an interesting uh, way that we met. Uh, essentially, Jack and I were out at the bar having a couple drinks. Uh, heard Tim thrown down at gentlemen's and we're like, "Who is this guy? We need to interview him." Uh, however, it was the early stages of DJ Coffee Talks, so uh, we're like, "Fuck! How do we? How do we reach out?" And our in our inebriated state, we're like, "Oh, we'll just like get this receipt right." can we interview you and then give it to this person uh <laughs> while we leave the bar um so thank goodness it worked out i happy you're here but in retrospect, looking back the next day, I was like, man, drunk and me, that was probably really fucking weird, A. But B, like, I wonder what other weird things happen to DJs while you're up there uh, trying to trying to mix music. Yeah,
3: I mean, most of the time it's going to be a lot of, like, song requests for music. I think I was telling you earlier mm-hmm. of music genres that have nothing to do with what's playing that night. So it'll be like, can you play some Selena? no no I'm, I'm sorry i'm not gonna play selena for this one moment and have everyone stop dancing um or like i'll get people to come on stage and start dancing with me mm-hmm. i can't have them up there so it's like yeah you need to go talk one.
1: One. One.
3: I'm just it. <laughs> it's like no like i can't have 50 people on this small and very hot stage yeah. right i mind you. but i think the weirdest situation i ever had was i had a viner like a really big viner i don't remember his name but my girlfriend though mm-hmm. um and and it's a really weird story first of all so he actually came up to the front and like waved at me and he like brought his flash drive up and it was like a really busy night at events and i was just like oh it's just some kid yeah. that wants to like dj out of the blue yeah. and i'll never forget he was like yeah do you know who i am and i was like i didn't I don't. <laughs> oh, no. Which is like probably the most like saddest thing to hear for a viner, yeah. a huge viner, whatever. And he was like, "Yeah, I'll DJ with you. Like, we'll do. It. Like, it was an honor that he was DJing with me. Oh, like okay. you know, like that's kind of like a. It's a vibe he was giving off. Yeah, like yeah. okay, this guy's kind of interestingly cocky. <laughs> and I found out at the end of the night he was a huge viner, and like everyone was like, "Oh, we're, you missed out on this opportunity and stuff." And I was like, "Well, like." That, I mean, it would have been good, I guess, for me, but also, like, he could have gone on stage and just screwed everything up or whatever. But the funny part that it, that really makes me laugh is, is we looked at pictures from that night, and we actually, my, my girlfriend and I, determined that is not him. Oh, uh, it was a guy pretending to be <laughs> this huge And he would walk around, and he got free drinks. He did everything. But we got to the uh, end of the night, where we looked at an updated picture of this guy. This guy—I forget his name. Um, but like, if I were to show you guys, I, you might have seen. Like, he yeah. does a lot of EDM stuff. Like, okay. you go to concerts dressed as, like, a dad. Mm. He went to EDC dressed as a dad, yelled around oh, for his daughter yeah, or something yeah. like that. But That's it was not him. It wasn't it, actually it, him. No, it was not. The height was completely off. It was just yeah. weird that this guy came in and said, yeah, I'm this guy. He got free drinks. He got, like, special treatment. I think the DJ after me actually let him DJ with him. Because <laughs> the, the guy clicked Exactly, <laughs> yeah. But it's funny, because, like, I don't think he... Like, I never saw him on Instagram, yeah. like, that he was DJing or, like, at Beth. It's funny, I think on his Instagram that... It was actually obviously in California or somewhere else. So <laughs> it. I think that has to be the top weirdest situation I've ever had on stage. Well, if
1: you if you were a doppelganger for somebody, would you take advantage of that? If you like explicitly look like somebody and got it all the time, not maybe not
3: to that extent, but would you? I mean, like like if I were to go to Ben's with my flash yeah. drive, it happens occasionally where like. Like, even when I play at Benz, uh, one of my buddies will show up and be like, hey, can I hop on for, like, a track or two? And I'll be like, yeah, go for it. But, like, random people, I i mean, unless it's Virtual Riot and he's just like, yeah, man, I for whatever god reason wants to play for free with you, I'd be like... Yes. yeah. Yeah, was... you know what they tell you. like, whatever you want to yeah. do. Like, I'm going to go up on a seat. Yeah, I'm just going to go chill <laughs> up there. But, like, no, it happens, like, it's like uh, all the DJs here are like, in a clique anyway. So, like, mm. when you see one down there, you know, off stage, you're always like, see you, like, get uh-huh. people up here, like, you know, like, for a split moment. But, yeah.
0: It's a pretty small community in Tucson. What would you say about DJs? Can you talk a little bit more on that? Yeah.
3: So, like, I kind of feel like it's actually it's weird, because, like, it's like a click. So, like, it's not, and it's not, like, a bad click where, like, nobody, like, you know, nobody outside that click can join in. Right. I think it's, like, when you get to a specific point when you're playing on stage, I know who you are, I've seen your name, and, mm-hmm. like, we don't know our real names, <laughs> but I know you who are. you are, yeah. and then we just start talking. So, like, I don't know, like, for a long time, when I before I started DJing, I knew a lot of the DJ names, but I've never played on stage. So I'll come approach them, and they'll be like, I like, hey, thanks for the support, but now it's gotten to the point where it's like, oh, you're mental. Yeah. And, like, I will respond to mental if you yell now from, like, across the street. I'll just be like, whoa, oh, you know? Okay. Yeah, but, like, it's 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 a cool community of people. I, I feel like, to an extent, it's small, and to an extent, it's large. And I think it's small when it comes to the people that are regular DJs that come and support DJs. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel like like, low audio, you just had low audio. i always see master shows. shows. Yeah. I always see Alex the Lad, Half Dead. They're just always there. If it's a house or dubstep show, we dress for the occasion, whatever. Different <laughs> um, costume. Yeah, but we're always there, and we're always, like, in the front of the stage for whoever's playing. Mm-hmm. If it could be, like, you know like Q just recently up and, like he's an up and coming DJ for sure and I know him personally just because he played his first show at General Banks for Specto and I'm we sure. just immediately clicked yeah. after that so every time I see him it's like eh how's it yeah, going yeah, and we all like you know come talk to them about music so yeah I guess it's, it's an interesting click yeah. like it's not like exclusive either and I think I kind of like that because yeah. um, if you were an up and coming DJ I would be terrified to try and tackle an exclusive click. Yeah. You yeah know? Like if you come from. up to me as an up and coming DJ that wants to play on stage, I'm definitely going to come through to you and be like, yo dude, like some of your music and yeah. stuff. Like let's we'll see what you got. Yeah. How important do you think
0: community has been for you while you're kind of finding your way through the industry you've been at it for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I mean, what was that like? you? was it intimidating right off the bat getting into this industry? Since you, we talked a bit before we recorded on some of the power dynamics yeah. that come into this <laughs> industry. But then there's so much beauty in the performing. Oh yeah, It's that weird dance. But you know, what's your journey been going from? You know, falling in love with the music <laughs> and trying to make a name for yourself.
3: It's it's been it's definitely been weird. I definitely can't like say it's been the same for everyone. I mean, I definitely feel like it'd be like there's no standard to how you get to that point. Yeah. but it's definitely extremely intimidating when you first show up because you look at these guys and you look at how media shows how they are you know Mm -hmm. and media shows like okay these guys like chug a whole bottle of tequila on stage Mm -hmm. and like push away fans you know so like you kind of expect that out of the local djs i felt at first so like I remember my first time meeting a lot of them. I was just, like, kind of quiet, wanting to read the room. I was going to be like, yo, listen to my music, listen to my music. Because, like, I mean, even then, I kind of hate that. If you come up to me and immediately be like, listen to my music. Yeah. It's going to be like, okay. Hey, how are you? Yeah, That would be a good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: are you interested in me or, like,
1: what I, yeah. exactly. what I can give you? For, yeah.
3: Exactly. But, like, most of I mean, like, up and coming, I think, like, It it was interesting. You got to find, like, your path, I think, is the way to do it. There's there's always a specific way to do it. For me, it was joining Specto and working excessively hard to get on stage. If that meant doing shows, if that meant setting up equipment, that's how I did it. Even promoting other people's shows. So, like, I guess, like... I don't know if I've drawn away from the answer to that no. question. it's going to fantastic. i with it. Yeah. I, I think it, it just, uh yeah, it's intimidating at first, but then the more you push yourself to become uh, more entwined with the scene, yeah, the more opportunities arise for you, and you just take the opportunities that come right. in front of you, and then eventually it grows from there.
0: It's interesting that that was your starting point, too, you know, watching the whole, you know, backside of the industry to then getting into it yeah you know? it's,
3: it's really it was really weird but i kind of figured getting into it because i started when i was 18 trying to get into something yeah. like i've been djing since i was 14 13 i did my high school dances and stuff so i was ready to jump from that and do edm shows instead yeah. of so doing party at the usa every, <laughs> every high school dance you know yeah. don't mind it but like you know, to follow exactly where I was at. So yeah, joining an entertainment company, I think, really threw me into it. And Spectre was generous enough to immediately after that, I said, I want to play a show. And they were like, go for it. It wasn't cool. exactly the right genre. Yeah. Uh, I played a techno show for my first <laughs> nice. one, which was sick. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, I was for Crystal Method, like, God, I don't remember how long ago. <laughs> but I went from techno to house, actually, to dubstep. Yeah. And. I guess that goes with saying too like you're not going to play your genre at first just play whatever get your name out there so mental is a very confusing name for a while actually (laughs) people show up to the show and be like I thought this was going to be house music Mm. and it ended up being some heavy dump stuff <laughs> yeah. whatever so it's it was it's an interesting back but yeah i think that's the best way to do it, is find your find where you go i all obviously everyone's gonna say it, make good connections yeah and the best way to make connections is to actually meet the owner of the entertainment company that's gonna throw you on stage yeah another mm-hmm.
1: right people you know, so, a lot of what you've t- said so far about your story it seems like what comes to mind is like putting yourself in the right position and not saying no to opportunities because just because it may not be exactly what you want. Oh yeah. Do you resonate with that? Is that kind of how you thought about it or is that just kind of how you operate as a
3: person? Honestly. So like at this time, it's kind of hard to say I'll say no to specific opportunities depending on what they are and what the conflict of interest is. Um, but when I first started, if somebody says, do you want to go play in the front of Taco Bell? and throw a set. If I could, I probably would have. I probably would have invited all of my friends and they can go get like a taco wrap and come outside and come party with me. So, yeah, I definitely think any opportunity, even though I think a lot of the up and coming DJs that are just starting Mm -hmm. think that they're immediately going to play Gentle Benz and you're not. You're going to play some underground shows that most people have never heard of, but Mm -hmm. I think the important thing is, is have your friends, beg your friends to go watch you play and, um, People are gonna notice that that you have a huge turnout for this underground show and that's like kinda how it pushes, you know, past that. Or you join an entertainment company, or you do both, like I did, and yeah. you just move up a little quicker. Yeah. So that's one way to tackle it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like creating that authentic... I
0: think a big thing we've noticed as a have talking and to a lot of artists is creating that authentic community around your music as well and, and being genuine and attracting people that genuinely love your music and then kind of pushing your brand forward to a yeah. more industry way of looking at exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. But then we've also talked with some people and we'll talk about not to throw shade in any way, shape, or form, but <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> when you're like... You can attract a lot of people just because mm-hmm. you have clout, but you're not necessarily...
3: A good artist, or you're not creating really well made music. I, I definitely can get that. I think one of the biggest things that I see from people when it comes to attracting your crowd and attracting your fan bases is mm-hmm. it obviously should start with your best friends. Mm-hmm. Your friends should support you. I'm not saying you're a horrible friend if you don't support your friends, right. but um, I definitely rely on those friends that have bought every ticket for every show I've ever played. Mm-hmm. And then from there, truthfully, I think, uh, like you said, like the clout part. Mm-hmm. It's great, but like I feel like it's more important to make a connection with your like the people that come out to see you. So when you get off stage and you're just like, nope, goodbye, right? It's just kind of like, wow, I straight up spent 20 bucks to come out here to see you tonight and you just kind of left. Yeah, as for when I get off stage, uh, if you approach me, I will talk to you, and if you want to talk to me for hours on end. Um, I would rather be the really approachable DJ that you walk away and you go home and say wow I will support that guy again because he was super nice to me because he's willing to listen to my music like I'm getting kind of tired of and this is like you said no shade being thrown (laughs) I'm getting tired of the people that won't give anyone a chance to talk to it just doesn't make sense if you're not nice to your fan base why are you expecting them to come support you you know what I mean like It's really important to be nice to the people that come out and support you because you are an artist, and if they think that you're rude in any sort of way, I don't know if I can cuss on or not. Yeah, you can cuss a lot lot on the show. If you're an ass, then. i'm not going to come support you mm-hmm. but if you're genuinely nice and you want to come like talk to me after the show or whatnot, like think of it i've met virtual riot i've met most that they've never been rude to me okay. but if i had a dj that was huge that came over here and was rude to me i really not inclined to come support you okay. even though you're a big dj yeah, absolutely it's so extremely important and i think like most of the djs here especially in tucson that have that cloud already kind of need to look at that again because like you could be the biggest dick, you'll never make it anywhere. Yeah. Never. Dead Mouse was not always a dick. <laughs> you have to like he had to be nice at one point in his life to get to that, to get to that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, now he can. I and still he love him.
1: Continuously. <laughs> Actually.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, people join like Speaker Honey, joined his yeah. label. He was probably nicer. She also makes fire music too. So, yeah. you know, I,
1: I don't know, if, and I wonder if it makes a difference too. Like he's at a point where it seems like he can kind of, and he is kind of a dick to other people in the industry, but I, I don't think really even still any of that dickheadedness
2: is pointed towards the fans really. No, not I really. Right I now. think he he kind of
3: lashes out at people that don't make, in his opinion, good music. Yeah. Like yeah. if that's not, like. Original, I think, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Then he's gonna be like, How about you get your head out of your ass and make something original? And those people are probably, okay, like, Okay, yeah. you know, you're dead. Ma- like, what are you gonna do? Are you with dead Mouse? Mm-hmm. If I showed dead Mouse my music and he said, Get your head out of your ass, I honestly think that's more of a compliment for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, because he actually A, looked at it mm-hmm. and B, that was like feedback. So mm-hmm. I will just be like, Okay, let me go back to the drawing board and try this again
1: yeah because he has a ground to stand on now he's exactly you know, he's made incredible music he got to the point where he's at <laughs> whereas somebody that might say that if you know if you don't have some of that work to stand on it would probably be a little different exactly you got to start at the bottom yeah and he definitely did and
3: he definitely has room to be whatever he wants to be as for everyone in tucson that thinks that they're high and mighty. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're just an artist that's up and coming, mm-hmm. and like maybe you will get there that one day if you keep pushing it. But you're not the king of EDM here, or or for or house. I remember that EDM talk. <laughs> actually, not after I said that, but uh, you know what I mean. Like, don't be high and mighty. You're here to play for people and make people happy. Yeah. So no need to be a dick when you get off stage. <laughs> it's
1: so funny because it seems like an interesting balance. You gotta have, in some sense, an ego. Um, but then, in another sense, you gotta push that ego aside. So, oh yeah. You know, you're like you are the DJ, you're the guy, you're the person out there <laughs> providing music, the entertainment. But at the end of the day, you're just the person. You gotta kind of pull that ego aside. Exactly. You know, it's really detrimental for you.
3: Yeah, I mean, and if you think about it too, when you, we have an artist show up, like for Specto shows and stuff, the green room exists for one reason, <laughs> and I think a lot of people forget about it. It's for the DJ to unwind from his flight. Like, you, you don't know where that DJ came from, right? Um, and I swear this has something to do with this. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, you don't know if that DJ just flew in from Coachella and played at four in the morning, and now he's playing for you at whatever time with this long flight. You know what I mean? That green room's there for them to unwind.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: for people to eventually for him to smile on stage. And when even after that long trip, he will smile on stage and greet his fans after every show. Okay. So, like, like, you know, like, if you need a minute before you go play or whatever, because you're in a bad mood, maybe you should take that moment. You should
1: never be on stage um, frowning. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. So the green room is kind of like the sanctuary for the artists. It's it not is. not just like a prep room for them or anything. It's exactly. like really for them to get themselves together.
3: I've they're... had people take naps in there. Really? Like, truthfully, <laughs> like, the music is blasting, and they want to take a nap, and they want everyone out, and I'm like, whatever you want to do, man, whatever prepares you to have the right attitude tonight. Yeah. Because... That's what you do. You don't have a sour attitude when you get on stage. Dead Mouse, going back to him, I don't think he's had sour attitudes on stage, but I think he knows that people paid a lot of money to see him, and he's going to make jokes still, yeah. and smile. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, being happy on stage is, I think, coming back to that, not being a dick and being happy on stage, and just being this Really lovable person mm-hmm. is like extremely hard for you to grow. Yeah,
1: because I'm not going to listen to your music if you're a dick to me. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully. Yeah, and then, I mean I think that spans across other types of artists as well. You know, I mean, not Tyler, but sometimes it's like the art is is one thing, and you can subjectively like or not like it. But I feel like a lot of times, especially with myself, I'm more so invested in the artists. Mm-hmm. You know, what what maybe the artist is trying to say through the work, and you know, it's, it can't be really separated.
3: Yeah. I feel that. I definitely feel like kind of going on that, like, yeah, whatever trying to talk off of (laughs) that, actually, (laughs) um, whatever you're trying to make in your music and stuff is obviously going to express you. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I also feel like going back to that, too, like, if you're a dick, it's going to come off in your music, Mm -hmm. too.
0: So Yeah. yeah. That's true. If there's a line between you know you can be a dick and be better, then you can also maybe not be okay and still make good music. Exactly. And be a good performer. Yeah. It's like that's that line. And yeah, that's
3: yeah actually like if you're a huge DJ and you make great music, but you're a dick to your fans, I bet you the person that doesn't make great music but is really sweet is gonna kind of you know topple, you know get way up higher than you are just because they're sweet and they have a fan base that supports them. Mm-hmm. He might not know what he's doing, but yeah. he'll make it to the top quick because he's sweet. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Like, and and this is not been an example on that but Lance Fairchild, he is a sweet person yeah. and he makes great music and mm-hmm. he is a great DJ. He deserves the Gold Rush competition that one year because he has a great fan base mm-hmm. and he has a great fan base because every time you've seen him, he is smiling and yes. happy to see you, even though he might not remember your name. <laughs> <laughs> he is very excited to see you, and that's like. You know, yeah. learn off of that. I mm-hmm. for any of you DJs listening, you learn yeah. off of that because it's important.
1: I've never like met him in person, and he always seems approachable just by his presence, like online oh, yeah. and like from people talking about him.
3: You can hit him up right now, and he'd be like, "Oh my god, like it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, right? and you're the coolest person ever. <laughs> you know, like I love your T-shirt or whatever." And I yeah, I love Lance. He's
1: a great guy. And just like what what we were talking about earlier too, word travels like uh, even non not Like if you have presence, people are going to talk about that.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, yeah, and it, it would, yeah, giving off a bad impression, kind of like what we're talking about too. It almost resonates. It's very. It kind of like sticks to your name. Oh yeah,
3: sense. most it definitely. Like that dude sucked, and then yeah. it just kind of spreads around. And it's funny know? too, because like it works like just about anything else, like. Have you ever heard the term, Like, if you do a good turn, it might not be unseen. Mm-hmm. It might be unseen. So, if you help yeah. someone cross the street, it might be unseen. Mm-hmm. But the minute you do something bad, it spreads like wildfire. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. if you are rude to someone that's your fan base, it's gonna spread like wildfire. Yeah. Especially nowadays, too, because everything's just everywhere online. Very, yeah, so very, can... very sensitive world we live in. So you might as well just be. You might as well just be nice. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make any sense to not be.
1: Isn't that kind of a trip? How magnified everything is. Is now? I feel like a couple of generations back, an artist could essentially be a dick and be awful to people, and you wouldn't and really have no public persona that he was a different way. And then something yeah. finally comes off, and like, oh we had no idea that this person was such' like so, so horrible, horrible of a person. But now, oh yeah. like Ellen. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's a big no. I don't know. I don't know enough about what that scandal was. It was just that she was rude to people. Yeah. I don't know a lot about that. okay oh, <laughs> We have, was we have a segment on a show called shit that we're not qualified to talk about, so <laughs> we get into uh, hot waters of things that we don't know what the fuck to, to say. Yeah, it's okay. like a talk out we we'll just put that uh, hat uh, on and
3: be like, yeah, we're going to talk about it, but probably not correct. No, that's perfect. That's exactly where <laughs> <we're putting laughs> I to watch so many podcasts. I listen to so many podcasts mm-hmm. where they're like that. Um, but yeah. I definitely uh, agree with what you say. If, like for instance like uh I-, I guess I could say like a Datsick and mm-hmm. Bass Nectar yeah it's kind of good that they're off of there because now if you're a DJ you're like oh crap I cannot do that because I get in trouble for it and yeah. I lose my whole career yeah even though I think Sick is now making a comeback as a different persona now yeah
1: actually. I thought he's really sounding Sick too he he's.
3: I think he changed his name.
1: Did he? <laughs> yeah, he I mean it was matters. probably
3: smart to do that just because of all of the trouble he got into yeah. that one year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's. I mean, it sucks for him. Yeah, but he kind of deserves it. Yeah, and um, it's a, definitely a good way to show everyone else at the scene, mm.
1: like, hey, your crowd is going to screw with you if you screw with them. Yeah, so you might as well be nice. Might as well be nice. Might you know and. I'm all for holding people accountable, right? But I, my fear is that you know I'm
2: kind of hopeful that he is able to make a resurgence, so that you know, and he does
1: it in the right way, so so that people can see like, okay, you make a mistake, you're going your fan base is gonna take okay. you you know, you're gonna take the hit as a hit as an artist. But if you you know keep your nose clean, be a good person, like it doesn't mean your entire career is over your entire life. over
3: I feel that there you know? there's a good way to probably tackle that, where yeah. he can come back and. It's going to be very, very difficult, yeah. um, and no one's going to like it, but I bet you there's a way to do it where it doesn't look like he's coming back mainly for the money, yeah. and he actually cares about his fan base, because yeah. like, I did like Dad Sick and I did like his music a lot, but I know... Deep down, even though I like that track he made, I will never be able to play it yeah. live ever again. Yeah.
1: I was wondering how that goes. Like, do DJs have to literally
3: keep a live track of like what DJs okay to play and not? <laughs> uh, it's it's so like yes and no. Okay. I guess like I mean if I didn't know what was going on, and I played, I probably would get burned pretty good from it. But yeah. like, I guess like the right answer is probably yes. I probably should be focused on that like bass nectar. I loved a lot of the stuff he made. Um, I, but I truthfully don't support what he did. So I can't support his music, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? By playing it for people, right. which sucks because it was really good music. But with that being said and everything that he did, I don't support it. So I support. yeah, um, I can't play it. Yeah. I was
1: wondering because I go. It was Graves. I was playing a Graves song, and it was like a couple months after I got see gotten in hot water or something, and like, oh, don't you know what happened? I'm like, no, I didn't. But that made me think that DJs have to like keep a pretty yeah. good eye on that and I think about it. It's crazy.
3: Even it, like, yeah, you just have to be very careful with your music choices, as weird as that sounds. But, yeah. I mean, in general, you should be careful what you choose, yeah. but... Um, yeah. Do people act like that song did never exist? Honestly, I want to believe so. Like, like, it, it sucks. It? Uh, like I obviously have to be careful what I say here, but like, uh, like I did like that sick music. I did. I thought it was really good. I, it was very like. Even his tour with the Ninja thing was really cool, but with him doing all of that, I don't support it. Yeah. So like, um, again, his comeback will be very difficult to do, I and mean, I probably won't go to his first show. Yeah. But he would have to really, really prove himself worthy to come back from that because. Yeah. It just wasn't great. Yeah. So, can, it, can it be acknowledged but not supported? See, I it's such a gray area that yeah, you know, I, I'm I, even like I kind of scared think. to talk on it. But yeah. I, hey man, I'll take the
0: heat on <laughs> it. It's like, I just think it's important because it's like in our culture nowadays. You, I shouldn't be qualified to talk about? I started I
2: started, I started philosophy, so
0: I like, yeah. poking, I like poking my nose in no, I'm you're not right. supposed to. <laughs> it but um, it just seems like sometimes that could be an issue though because then. It, it's a, kind of that PC culture, you know, yeah. overarching into areas that shouldn't always have. Right, a no, of. I definitely feel And that. It's because people don't want to get socially ostracized, which makes totes. I think that, and what I- Dad did was
3: fucking terrible exactly. but, that's why I'm trying to be like, yeah. extremely careful because like, I agree with you to an extent with what you're saying but it's like it's like Fahrenheit
0: 451 in high school think so no basically they burn books because mm-hmm. they want to act like they didn't ever exist oh, um, and then okay. it's like the government it's more like propaganda the government controlling society but that's not really the main point but the point is they burn the books because they don't want to acknowledge them anymore mm-hmm. And sometimes what's happening in PC culture is, is, is what the argument is is we see something that happens that generally a loud population doesn't like, and this is not specifically the dad said, like, because again, what he did was horrible, but you'll see something you don't like, and then tip, you burn tip, it. Yeah, I know. I'm on a tightrope right now. But then, but then they burn it, because they don't want to act like it ever existed, but then it's like saying that something in history doesn't happen, or it's like putting the monster under the rug uh-huh.
3: I, I definitely I see, where, I see where you're going with
0: that hence the acknowledgement point but not saying the supporting So I think mm-hmm. acknowledging his music is still important but I understand where you're coming from where you're saying maybe don't support it because of what he did Yeah. but it's still like you gotta acknowledge that that guy made music and people resonated with him liked it yeah. while that shit was going on that and that's a, a cool point to reflect on about yeah. humans because it's like well limited perception
3: that and is true there's a lot point. of hundreds of things through history that like people enjoy that we don't look at now is like okay so mm-hmm. i do i i see i see where you're yeah. going oh that was a that was hey no, so, <laughs> you saved it right yeah. so i see what you're yeah, i yeah. yeah it's a weird area like i have don't get me wrong i have bass nectar and dasik in my music collection mm-hmm. and if it comes on um and i'm in the right mood i will still jam to it but mm-hmm. i probably cannot enjoy it yeah because since you have the set. awareness now yeah. yeah because and it's not even going to be mostly for me because like I play for the people yeah. so if I play a bass nectar song just because I like it that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that everyone in the crowd isn't going to boo me because I right. to right. them look like I supported what he did yeah. because I played the bass neck yeah. song and so much your persona talking yeah. about
0: this too very much like your mindset is about being a performer and exactly you, know, you have like to be for the very
3: careful yeah, yeah.
0: And it's a right. relationship exactly. acknowledging the people in the room which is like, so pivotal
3: exactly Exactly. I understand where you're coming from on that. Because I don't get me wrong, I love the music when it was was. Yeah. I, right. I still liked how they made the music because like the music, man. I'm, now I'm on a tightrope. <laughs> like This is weird, but like I I liked Bass Nectar's and dance Six music. I thought it got produced really well. I liked how it hit. Um, and I don't think that I think they should separate how what happened with them and their music should be like what you said because yeah. it's still good music and the music didn't do anything bad yeah, it right. was him but well,
0: how many people too in your opinion use the same because did they revolutionize PDM they
3: definitely did bass so, definitely yeah. changed experimental ba- like we wouldn't have a few of these sorry. hundred artists, mm-hmm. and think about how that man probably influenced many other artists exactly. what they created. Mm-hmm. And if you take the man
0: away from the creation, or woman away from the <laughs> creation, or what have you, whatever you identify <laughs> as, um, but you still take that and you see what they create. But then there's the moral component like exactly. you're about, which is huge, which is what our generation is struggling with a lot. nowadays, yeah, and yeah. I, like, is I it,
3: definitely. Is I it's terrifying I to be on did Twitter. It, so. But like, I agree with that. I like it's just it's such a weird gray area where, yeah. like, like I will listen to bass nectar music, because it was what built a lot of artists, like you said, yeah. but I can never, I mean, I might be able to play some of his underground stuff you never heard of and get away with it, but yeah. that's kind of not what we do anyway. We right. play the mainstream stuff that you know out in the crowd, and right. even stuff you don't know, but you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's a gray area that definitely hit, but, you know, it's... Yeah. They, uh... They did whatever they did, yeah. and I can't...
0: And it can't be, to your point, I mean, it, I'm not going to say it's completely your point, I don't want to throw you anywhere. Uh, <laughs> but it's like you gotta... You can't support things that are blatantly unethical. Exactly, you know? yeah. And it's like, how do you make sure that you don't support it while supporting the beauty of the exactly. art, artistic creation?
3: Or, like, we live in a world now where words are going to be thrown in my mouth if mm-hmm. I'm not careful. So if I play a bass nectar... Uh, you know, yeah, saw somebody somewhere downstairs would be like, hm, you know, I'm going to make this weird connection that uh, yeah. since Mental played Bass Nectar and Bass Nectar did this, that must mean that Tim enjoys the fact that he did, it. and that's not the case. Yeah, but that's kind of where it could lead to because that's so serious, the yeah. internet is a scary yeah, place. That can, someone could put that out there, and then it would be. I don't even know how you would fight it. It would just it'd be out there. And Doesn't I, have, I mean,
1: have truth just because they. Exactly, but know.
3: like since there's a connection to yeah. bass nectar by playing his music, it's super scary. Yeah. To you yeah. know, and of I course th- it's only dubstep and rhythm music. Only yeah. dubstep and rhythm guys have to deal with this problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, that yeah. there's no house DJs, I can imagine that might arise one day or whatever type. But like, it's us that
0: have to deal with this. So it's kind That's, of weird. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, too, what you're talking about. Um, kind of bouncing off it a bit, but how responsible the individual is for how others perceive them. Exactly. You know, it's like how responsible are you for your impact, which is hard. Like, in what's your intention versus what's the impact, or how people perceive what exactly. you Exactly. Because you might just be like, "That's a dope song," but then someone in the stands yeah. is like, "Whoa!" Like
3: he's playing. Yeah, he's like, playing. I can't believe you did that. Yeah. yeah, that will happen. Which is and tricky. Because like we're influencers to an extent, uh-huh. and, and the word influencer is influence. So. If I play bass nectar, someone's going to think I'm influencing you to support bass nectar. Mm-hmm. It's just like this weird puzzle that gets put together in someone's head that I am a bad person. Yeah. Because I like. The song, or you know what I
0: mean. But it's kind of crazy. There is a weight that is on your guys' shoulders, buried. yeah. Which, what you play, which kind of might be counterproductive to being an authentic artist too, or authentically expressing yourself if yeah. you're feeling that way. Yeah. Or maybe it helps. It. I don't know. I, I'm not yeah. a teacher but <laughs> 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 I like to talk to you guys. <laughs> but you, you, mean, you would think maybe that runs counterintuitive to you know free, authentic expression of yourself because then you have that external pressure, people telling you how you're supposed to act. It's it's a scary world. Yeah, I know like I,
3: that. Know. Know, it's like that pressure you know? yeah it's it's yeah especially with everything going on in the world it's it's just better to in my opinion just be be quiet you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like I you'll never awesome. see me say anything political ever yeah. i won't even share my political views just because of that because know. you never know who's listening and who's going to spin your words around right real quick yeah. you know but yeah that's one okay. thing djs also need to learn Stop talking about politics. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for you. <laughs> it's just destroying 50% of the people that listen to you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And just don't shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, that's, that's exactly
3: what it is. It's if you, if back you back. don't have to speak your mind, don't, Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like you're an influencer. Say, I like this song. I made this song. But don't be like, yeah, so this happened in the world today. And let me tell you why I don't like this. And how you should.
1: It's rough, though, because, I mean, this is going to sound so stupid. You're people, too. you, know, you We are. You yeah. know, it's just like, I like it's time and place. So do you have, a, like, a way of,
3: do you, okay, now I have the mental hat on, and I have to act a certain way. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, I feel like I always have the mental hat on, because there's people that I run to at Safeway that's like, no you're mental. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I can't have... I don't know it's an image that kind of sticks with you yeah um i mean as you get bigger i can imagine it kind of changes a little bit since i live in tucson and you're obviously live in tucson too you probably know me or whatever the case may be yeah but like um yeah it's just i always have my hat on so like on my social media i don't have anything political i don't have anything it's always going to be about music a picture of me doing something I mean, I'll do, I'll make some dumb comments and stupid jokes, but like, it's nothing that's like... I don't know, like offensive to someone. Like I'll make sure before I write this. I even like Maddie, like my girlfriend. What do you, what do you think of this? Is, Is this, this going to piss one person yeah. off? And if it's she says it's, it, could possibly piss off one person. I won't do it. I, I have to be really on top of it. I
1: think that's I think that's responsible too, and I like that. I mean, every artist has to choose their own path, right? But um, the way I see it, you guys are so. Influential and creating unity. That mm-hmm. you know, if you were to put something out
3: there that's divisive, it may like work against what you're trying to do. Exactly. And bringing people together. It's 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 exactly like how like when Kanye West says whatever he wants. Exactly. It's like like he is a person, but he has a huge following, it and does. people see it. And mm-hmm. you might lose a thousand fans because of what you just said. And I mean, it's not always about your career, but it, to an extent, you just lost money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You just lost money.
1: <laughs> and you managed something out cause divisiveness and, like, you, know, you, you have weight. Exactly. You, the ladder, you have more and more weight. Exactly. Isn't the divisiveness kind of inevitable, though? Or remember, But do you, it's you always an accident? Yeah, but what if you're not consciously enacting it, though? Well, then... Yeah, it's going to be inevitable. <laughs> but, like, why would you put something out there Knowing that it's going to be divisive. Unless it's something, I mean, if you're- Sometimes if people do that just to be trolls. Yeah. I mean, i
0: mean, not trolls, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess the point me it must be it's so much pressure. And it's, there's always going to be, so you could potentially this is me just doing thought experiments here. Course, yeah, but, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it because my, my,
3: my gears are spinning. All right, see, see how we but, tackle this.
0: But like, so you could try to do everything right and then create a system not to piss off one individual, and then to everything in your conscious awareness you're trying to map your message so that way you don't irritate one person. But that. Cost you could sacrifice your authenticity and still piss off like four other people. Exactly, which is and, such a tricky game. So. It's you'll piss someone off. What's it's which is weird though because like in in if you're looking at it from maybe a business aspect, you really want to create something that does please all of the people who consume the product, which is how I think you're viewing it, which is really smart,
3: but it's just a hard, such a hard line to it is. stand. Because you'll always piss someone off. Yeah, exactly. You, there's there's nothing you can do. If, but, like, also, like, with that being said, if I know this is going to make 10 people happy, but one person pissed off, sorry that one person. Yeah. That just made 10 people happy. Yeah. That's, That's just kind of yeah. how I'm at. Like, for instance, I w- remember back in... And this is, I wasn't thinking when I did this either. Uh, it was just, like, I was at work. I saw it. I accepted it. I was like, Cool, let's do it. It sounds like fun. Uh, the pandemic just hit. And I remember when the pandemic just hit, I played like two weeks ago, like, uh, to Sophie, like a show at General and yeah. Like it was like a hit show for me. I really, it got me from first slot to second slot pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget. I accepted this underground show in Phoenix. So I was like, Holy crap. I'm going to play in Phoenix. Um, and I remember the flyer got released, and everyone on Facebook and Instagram hit me up and called me out, and they're like, I can't believe you're doing this show on, um, you know, with the pandemic going on oh. and stuff, and I can't believe that you would do this. You're a piece of shit pretty Whoa. much. And so here's the problem with that. Sorry, i spilled. <laughs> you can have a sip of it's it. So <laughs> here's the problem with that show. I thought it was a live stream. Okay. Uh-huh. When they released it it was definitely not a live stream they told me it was a live stream and i was prepared to do a live stream with the covid everything prepared and when i found out nope 400 people are going to buy a ticket to go to this underground show in phoenix where their own packed to the gill uh, wasn't good for image
2: yeah. um now that hit a really really
3: tricky Uh, subject when I had to post that I'm not doing it because about 50 people also said wow you're a pussy Uh, I don't care about masks so I put myself in this weird political moment that I hated so much and so to me it was just easier to back out of it and not do it at all you can't hate me for not doing something I mean I guess you can but like you know you'd hate me more for doing something kind of you know what I mean so it Put me in this weird spot where I was sitting there and I haven't seen my Facebook blow up so quick um, ever. And my girlfriend's like, You're just going to have to back out of it immediately. Even Lance hit me up. I remember. He's like, yeah. This is not a smart move. And I was like, Wow. Uh, yeah. And this all happened like in two days. Yeah. I accepted it. They released the flyer with my name on it. I didn't even know they released my name yet yeah. i was at work and it wasn't until after work i had like 200 messages wow. on facebook like wow. hitting me up which is it's funny because like my girlfriend always likes to look at the bright side of things and she's like well at least you're popular <laughs> the people care if you play this show and i was like yeah. i guess but yeah. a lot of people were not happy with me for that split moment i think the minute i ended it i got a lot of people saying like good for you and stuff and i was like well you know, I thought it was a live stream. It yeah. was not that I intended to play in front of a <laughs> crowd, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a careful... I, I don't know. I, I don't think a lot of DJs are as careful as they should be. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just, it's weird. You could... We're influencers, not politicians. Mm-hmm. So, you know...
1: You get, like, like you got interjected essentially into like a political conversation that shouldn't be political in the first place. It's almost
0: like we live in an era where people look at influencers as politicians.
3: Yeah, yeah. there's a, like, and no. I think that's kind of yeah. scary because I don't want to be a politician. Yeah. I want to make music and I want to make you happy through my music and I want to DJ for you. I don't care if you follow the same views as me. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat. I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to know either. Because, like, I don't want my opinion to change about you. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, mm-hmm. it just, just keep your opinion to yourself. What's going yeah. go enjoy the show? Let's go home or after party or whatever it is. Like, you know.
1: That's what I think so frustrating about what you're, what you're talking about. It's like music's supposed to be the transcendent thing. Yeah. You know, everybody's people are people. But can we agree on one thing, have a good time, and enjoy music?
3: Exactly. You know? and I hope that's a yes. Yeah, I, I mean, so far it's been a yes. Uh, just occasion on occasion, sometimes it will arise where this hits and everyone has their opinion about it. And, um, you know, what's the, I'm trying to remember. Something if you don't, something if you do. What, damn, uh, damn, damn. Middle middle, middle. Right, yeah. 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 And, and you're just in the middle. And I remember there were Whoa. a few moments these last year where I was speechless. And somebody would call me out and be like, so mental, what is your opinion on this? <laughs> yeah. Just to, I don't know why. It was just, I don't want to talk about it. And they're like, oh, so you are obviously on this side because you don't want to talk about it. And it's yeah. like, no, I just don't want to be, I don't want to choose a side. Right. You know, I, why
0: do I have to choose a side? It's like that tribal mentality where it's like people, if they see you and they like you and then they resonate with you and then like he believes everything I believe obviously. Yeah. And then it starts getting
3: into all those other realms
0: where it gets Exactly. It's, it's good for business
3: and it's good for you as a human being. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Everyone has an opinion to everything and it's I like, do you really have to say it every time? Like, you know, like, That can't be the only topic you can bring up
0: right (laughs) how do you you stay centered among all of this because it seems like this is a lot um it's juggling like how do you you know stay in who you are and like this is a deep deep question i mean yeah yeah. it's like how do you kind of keep your own balance and prioritize your own health amongst all of that i try
3: to keep a perfect balance of uh social media Mm -hmm. so i'm on social media for a little bit of the day i do my post i make sure to do my advertisements for my shows my music and then i'm done i walk away from it because truthfully the internet is evil <laughs> when it comes yeah. to these moments and i need to go make music go play video games go do something that takes me away from that pol- politics and yeah. all of that stuff because if you draw yourself in there's no escaping it, mm-hmm. it like you like we were on a tight rope earlier yeah. like it's either you, damn you if you say the right thing right now or you don't yeah. like you have to say something and if you get into that spot then yeah. I would rather not be in it so I think I try to avoid those situations where I get put in that spot and if you're going to hit me with the what's your view on this and I don't know but here's my music Yeah. if you want to like give me that attention give it to me through my music get through, through my something music. I'm trying to do yeah. instead of trying to get either a rise out of me or try to get an opinion that you're probably not going to like, yeah. truthfully. If you're asking me, you're probably not going to like it, or you know what I mean? like. Yeah. Or you could like, I don't know. It's just, damn if you do, if you know. <laughs>
1: it's a tricky situation. you know. People try to interject and ask you, like, what your opinion is, and it's like, well, you may disagree with me, or if uh, you agree with me, then you're just probably uh looking for confirmation bias and
2: uh, that's trying to that's know. mostly what I feel you know if your favorite artist likes what you like, then it's like, great, I have this
3: yeah. like well, you know virtual riot agrees with me, it must be true yeah. like but there's so many subjects out there, and they're so tricky that like yeah. there might not be a truth you know what I mean yeah. I'm, like, definitely
0: supporting your <laughs> philosopher. Yeah, he's, he's into this now. He's all leaning for <laughs> me. <him. laughs> he's got a thing
3: top line. A DJ talking about this. Yeah,
0: i a beard as you speak.
1: <laughs> um, we've got very uh, philosophical. I do want to take a step back and talk a little more um, about music-specific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, music. sure. we well, sure we'll get back into the, the, oh, yeah. the, the It always goes place. into it, but, it yeah. I uh, noticed a pattern in, it seems like the experimental slash rhythm, uh, sometimes dubstep realm, where um, Rick and Morty, we're probably going to get actually philosophical with Rick and Morty, but, I
3: mean, there's no escaping (laughs) it, actually, (laughs) Um,
1: but your song, um, Human Music. Uh, features Rick and Morty as, <laughs> as as a sample and as the the feature cover for the art. <laughs> um, why, do you, why, why is it that experimental music seems to like latch on to Rick and Morty as like their savior?
3: That honestly probably is it's funny, my girlfriend and I love Rick and Morty. okay yeah. but first of all, who doesn't like yeah. Rick and Morty? Um, and I think it's because of people like you who like that like to think. Like you're really thinking about the show sometimes, or and it hits that, or it hits. I like to do drugs and watch this show because it's so random and weird. Right, but it also all connects.
2: Yeah.
3: So like, it's 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 an all around show that everyone enjoys, and so like Rick and Morty it's trippy mm. and it definitely screams edm there isn't an episode that i feel where like i'm like wow that kind of could be a festival to an extent that <laughs> world could be its own festival yeah. or whatever so i definitely think rick and morty uh it just it vibes with the edm community because it's weird yeah because like every episode you you started it, it's like I loved a regular show for a while. Mm -hmm. That show would always start normal and then it would end with something that was just like, where did they think of that? And that's probably why I enjoyed it so much because it was so unpredictable and weird. And that's why I think people draw to it. There's a lot of Rick and Morty songs out there. Mm -hmm. Midnight Tyrannosaurus has one which is one of my favorite ones, that Planet Purge. And he even made a second VIP of it just to continue that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really, really good. That's dope. Yeah, but I made my song because I'll never forget, uh, I wanted to make a Rick and Morty song and I didn't want to be, um, I wanted to be original. I I didn't want to grab a part that everyone knew and my girlfriend, who can probably speak, I could probably put the show on mute and she could just say everything the like, because that's all we'd watch yeah. we'd watch episodes on repeat so human music I thought was kind of funny because it was really a radio song and the thing and I think Jerry is a ridiculous character that everyone hates but like <laughs> but like you can't not laugh at the stuff that he does or he's always in a shit situation mm-hmm. and I don't know it's just like like when he was in the divorce I mean I, that sounds sad but like you know what he did in that was funny mm-hmm. him dating the alien or him living in a hotel room pretty much or you know so i liked jerry a lot so we decided to do the human music song because i can grab that sample twist it around to the way i like it yeah. and then do it which that one was a weird weird track for me because i liked at the time psytrance mm-hmm. so i wanted to do a psytrance dubstep song yeah so i was having a weird time with that, actually. <laughs> Which unpredictable and fits in with the theme of Rick Morning*. Exactly. I think that's exactly what I was trying to tackle with all of that. I like to, when I make my music, I don't want to sound like everyone else. Mm-hmm. So if I can make it to where um, it's very, I guess, experimental, but like, rememberable, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, this is going to be a hard to sub- subject to hit, but I don't like excision. Too much, okay. um, because he also he sounds the same to me. Okay, I liked him. I like him and his music. I just don't like to see his sets anymore because I feel yeah. like I'm hearing the same thing.
1: Been there, done that, kinda.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's only so often you can see one artist anyway, and he comes to Arizona actually quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, like he came at least like 20 times in the last five years or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like. If I can make something different that screams to you, yeah. and you'll be like, "I like that track every time it plays in my playlist." I get a different vibe off of it, but it's still rhythm and dubstepy. That's right. kind of what I want to do. Like Seven Lions yeah. is a perfect example. Yeah. You like Seven Lions because he hits soft notes, but he can go heavy. And then all of a sudden, there's a side trance in there, and you're just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, you know, yeah. he just hits all three, <laughs> and I'll always see him because of that. I think yeah. Seven Lions inspired a lot of that track, even though. It just, yeah, I wanted to make something like seven lights where it could be a side trance to dub, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a fun track to make.
2: To
1: appreciate being
3: unpredictable as an artist, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. Uh,
1: it's, it's I get what you're saying. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess I'd probably say the same thing about Excision too. Um, I've only seen him once, but I can imagine if I saw that set again, I'd be like, "Okay, nice have Or you know, but I love some artists where you can see him at one festival, see him at the next one, like, "Holy shit,
3: that was a completely different set." Exactly. But equally,
1: it's good. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I feel that like G Jones is a perfect
3: example. I love that experimental base. I've never seen the same set out of him. Yeah. Um Now there's other artists that I've seen the same set for years, like going back to dead mouse it's kind of the same but i also love that music so much and he doesn't come that often so i will go pay the money to go see dead mouse um but you know excision i kind of he can make new music and i'll listen to it but like i still feel like it he's at the point in his life where he can keep spitting out the same sound and it's it's working and it's going to continue to work until that well dries out like, mm-hmm. Res is a perfect example. Yeah. Uh, we all love that sound, but when that well dries, because that sound's been heard too many times, she's going to have to think of something else. Sometimes. Like, yeah. Slushie's a perfect example, too. Slushy did mm-hmm. what I like to call candy bass, because it you wouldn't That's, imagine it tastes yeah. good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> very, yes.
3: And he very started very as a dubstep rhythm, went to this candy bass filled with marshmallow, and then mm-hmm. actually went back to trap. So he makes trap music again. I, it's amazing stuff. Like, a yeah. lot of his new tracks I really, really like. But, it's because that sound dried out. Yeah. And even Marshmello, he knows, he knows too, that sound just dried out and he had to move on. I like, I like the analogy
1: use, like a well um, drying up. Yeah. You know, people, people's, maybe the well would be like people's uh, interest or
3: Exactly, you know, yeah. The enjoyment of something. That, they only last for so long. It exactly. Do and around. it's all about I can imagine there's money in it too. Yeah. Ma- Marshmallow's manager probably was like, This song's like these songs are great, but you're losing interest in them and you're at the top of your peak, so change it up. Yeah. Change it up. Because you up. can. And yeah. he did and there's a lot of money involved in that. Like there's marshmallow, you'll never hear marshmallow the same way again. Yeah. Which sucks, which also puts us in a weird like now I'm old and I only listen to two thousand ten EDM because that's when marshmallow was my favorite at the time. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that's the the well drying pretty it's, much. It does.
1: Funny no, that's the reason why I ended up getting C G Jones Live was um it was it was a coinciding like a, a conflict. It was Rez at the same time as G Jones and mm-hmm. From. I love Rez. Seen her a couple of times. Not that I don't love her, but I'm like, I want to. So you
3: did see the G Jones back to back in Prague. Yeah. I told everyone to see that yeah, stuff It was the it, best fucking. That, that you'll never see anything like it. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'll show you a funny video afterwards. My buddy took that. Um, it was because at the same time, and everybody just fucking completely locked into the set <laughs> he takes a second to pan over and there's a fucking red flag at the, at the G. Jones set
2: because they, yeah. they said fuck it and they came over to the G. Jones G. Site, so Jones he's just, he's, uh, he's just quiet and he's a perfect example of someone that I could
3: never see anything political come out because he's just yeah. quiet he's just a quiet guy like he gets on stage Pushes a hundred billion buttons at <laughs> once. <laughs> and then he waves and then he leaves. There he goes. Go and yeah, I love that man. He's he's a great guy. He's not that old, is he? No, he's, I don't even want to say an age because yeah. I'll get it wrong and somebody will, will call me out on it. <laughs> yeah, Looks like like, you know, I think he's in his late 20s, early 30s. Because yeah. that's truthfully when it hits people too, when they become big. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. That was a weird subject. I, I talked to J6 about. Um, shout out to J6, if he oh, yeah, ever listens yeah. to this, actually. Uh, he oh, says so. that most of the careers don't hit until about 26. Really? Yeah. You don't, because the, actually it's weird. Management and agencies are waiting for you to mature. Yeah, that's fair. Which is like, I, I never thought of that because I'm fair. 24, gonna be 25 soon. And I was like, man, I feel like I'm getting too old to be booked. And then he hit me with that. And I was like, hmm. So they're just waiting for you to get out of this party DJ phase and yeah. actually focus on this as a career. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, it's something that I always like growing up was like, yeah, by 21, I'm going to be signed. Yeah. And then 21 hit and I'm like, okay, by 23, I'm yeah, going to be exactly. signed. And I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it kept moving back. And eventually you get in this weird loop where it's like, am I ever going to make it past this, you know? Yeah. Um And, You can, it's just they wait for you to mature at like 30, which is wild, but it
2: makes sense because you don't want to book a 21-year-old kid that maybe might enjoy DJing for a year or two, but Mm -hmm. truthfully, like, he wants to be, I don't know, a pharmacist or something out of college.
1: And I'd be trying, yeah, i be trying to weed those people out that aren't in it for the long because that's what they're looking for, They're am
3: trying to get
0: like, nice yeah, a person over time. Yeah,
3: But I thought that was weird to hear, yeah. and honestly kind of a motivation yeah. booster to know that like it's not over for you, if you've hit a specific age, I mean, they'll even get you at 35, they'd rather hit you at 20. I think it was 25 to like 40. Mm-hmm. That's when they really want to pick you up. Yeah. It's not when you're in college still, or partying or whatever. Yeah. So like some agency could possibly look be looking at me right now and mm-hmm. say, he is 24, though, he probably is still partying or yeah. whatever. Which is a weird concept. And that sounds very like DJ specific, but I feel like that also ranges
1: out like a cultural thing too. I feel like we put so much pressure on people to like do big things in like the very when They're young, you know, age yeah. Group. It's like eighteen to—I mean, who was even put a number on it? But it's like you're and you're doing
3: shit. Exactly, like, you're, you're having around. fun, yeah. You might as well have fun before you have to work hard. And I mean, honestly, I feel like I should have had a lot more fun going through what I was like going through my career. Mm. Like, for instance, now um i will go to the after party i will go do this but before it was like i probably shouldn't go to the after party i should probably go home get some sleep and work on music at the yeah. first thing in the morning yeah. um but what i could have missed at that after party and this is so weird somebody there it could be there that yeah. you can give your music to like for instance i've gone to after parties where noisy is there yeah. i've got to sit with noisy uh, While well, he parties, <laughs> I don't want to get too in depth with this, but but you know, like I got to have an actual human being conversation with him at a party, and you know, you get like these weird little tips like uh, step. Mm-hmm. I saw him at the after party too. Um, I showed him his music, my music, and he said, You can do this different. You can do this different. It's like, Awesome. This is feedback you would never get yeah. unless you go to the after party. Yeah. So it's weird in this career. Yes, you should go to the after party. Mm -hmm. Even though it sounds ignorant, you're going to get something out of it. And it's so weird. Because, you know, we grow up thinking, don't party. Work really hard through your whole life and you'll be successful. Mm -hmm. But also, like, it's important to get those social cues, too. There's a lot of awkward DJs out there that can't talk to anyone.
2: (laughs)
1: Because they're in their room. You don't, get, yeah, you don't get that networking. Which yeah.
3: You're saying it's incredibly important to, exactly. to building yourself. Definitely. If you're not a very talkable person, it's kind of hard to make the connections. Yeah. Like If you're very awkward and you approach someone that's huge in the industry, they're probably going to look at you very weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, not saying you shouldn't be awkward, like change who you are or whatever, yeah. but it'd be nice for you to go to a party if you get invited to, especially an after party for Specta or something yeah. and go to it. And somebody's going to it's the rave scene. Somebody's going to approach you and be like, hey, I like your shirt. Mm-hmm. I like something about you. Hey, what music do you listen to? That's yeah. what I like about the scene, especially with those after parties because like College kids used to be intimidating to me because mm. I'm not a college kid. Uh, but the raver ones are cool. Yeah, because like <laughs> the, they are really they really <laughs> nice. Yeah, The ravers are cool. I used to actually it's funny. For a while, I used to be like, man, I hate when fraternities and sororities go to raves. But now I am like. Yeah, actually, I do like that because that means they're sweet people yeah. most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Most of the time. And can it, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's all about making the connection with that. And,
1: and whatnot, so. I mean, people too. Like that's such an industry-specific experience, you know. Like you're not going to get elsewhere, and it makes a lot of sense. you saying this because you think it's some. Uh, I'm not going to bring up names because it's you know everybody has their own path. But mm-hmm. uh, some certain artists that are a little bit further in their career, they're incredibly technical,
3: have mm-hmm. incredible music. You're like, why you know haven't you taken the next step? Why haven't exactly. you exactly know, you know? I definitely know a few artists that are like that. I actually one of my good buddies here. um yeah, I, I'm not gonna say his name. Um, he is super entwined. He knows big names. He's even on the excision. We have someone here in Tucson that lives here, or actually, he moved to somewhere else. I don't want to give away too much. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna be careful here. Identify this person. Yeah, but he <laughs> made it to <laughs> <site? Come> <laughs> But he made it to Excision like like at one point. And nobody knows time. about it. It's not advertised correctly. He has some big name artist playing his music at sets yeah. and i'm just like dude you are big like you're ready for the next step yeah. your music's amazing why haven't you taken that step and he's just like i you know i'm working on the details and whatnot and i'm like well you're ready to go to yeah. that like you know gotta admit that this person is ready
1: can you define that? What is what does it take? What is what is the thing you look for in an artist? That, like where they're at in their career? Like what is, does that look like when somebody's like, okay, that's
3: they're ready for the next step. That's a great question because I it's one of those things where it probably varies mm-hmm. per person. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that if you're getting noticed by bigger DJs, and even though like they're not playing your music, but you're just getting noticed by them, yeah. like they they're calling out, they're playing your music in their sets, even though they're not announcing it. You know, like for for instance, have you guys heard of Shizlo? No. No. So um, when you have a chance to look him up, he's he's up and coming. He actually just got accepted to Lost Lands, right? Mm. I played for uh, J6, my show, and I played his new track, Ice Uh Scream. Super good. It's like uh, one of those songs that just kind of changes the vibe of rhythm and dubstep. You know, like, it's definitely moving it towards a different direction. Yeah. And I'll never forget, somebody mm-hmm. recorded Alex, Aladdin and I doing the back-to-back when I played that song uh-huh. and tagged him in it. He hit me up, he's like, I really appreciate that you played my track. Oh, yeah. Somewhere in Tucson, Arizona, a place really far from me, played my track. And I was that's like, so cool. it, but that's how, you know what I mean? Yeah. I found that track on SoundCloud, um, actually, before anyone gets mad my girlfriend probably showed it to me, or Vlad <laughs> probably showed it to me.
1: <laughs> can't take the credit. Yeah,
3: because right. so. <laughs> they'll reach out to me later and be like, wow, yeah. so yeah. you did yeah. even give me credit for showing me this track. <laughs> um, but someone showed me that track. Yeah. I think it was Vlad or Maddie, whatever. But, um, and I found it again on SoundCloud. And that's how, I, you know, like, uh, It's a perfect example too. Mm-hmm. I found his music on SoundCloud before I even knew he lived in Tucson. Yeah. I thought he was a lot bigger than he was. Yeah. And He's And uh, good. He is super good. Um and I remember I listened to his track on SoundCloud, I'm like, wow, this is mastered right, mixed right. Yeah. It's, it's a cool. beautiful track. Yeah. And then I see him on the subtronics thing, I was like, Oh my god, this guy lives in Tucson. And so I reached out to him to play one of my shows. Really awesome guy. Yeah. Um my DJ for a long time who did my shows actually was best friends with him. Yeah. So that's kinda of how I made that connection and I look in my you know, my music collection, I see Dennett, 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 Dennett. Like, that's kinda of how I feel like you made it. Yeah. I didn't know who he was it's even weird to think that we're in the same town but like i feel like that's how you've made it where your name is getting spit out in different places you make an impact exactly like when i went to new orleans it was weird to see that somebody called me mental it was weird one of the artists before they got on stage was like oh you're mental you live in new orleans i don't even know how <laughs> you made that connection that's so cool. it might have not been through my music it yeah. might have been through okay Spectre right. oh this guy's coming here like he just looked me up yeah but like it's still cool that somebody took the time the energy to especially out of state yeah. to like mm-hmm. know your persona name absolutely you know what i mean that's gonna be such a cool feeling too it, it at first it was really weird yeah at first it was like oh you're mental like whatever and then it, it was like oh Tim this is Tim or Mental and then it was like what's your real name <laughs> <laughs> that's what it turned to It's like, I know you as Mental yeah. what's your real name yeah. like I don't want to just call you Mental um, and it, uh, for a while it was really weird and then I, uh, eventually you just kind of like "I, this is who I built you know this is the character I built so I might as well own it let it take over exactly yeah. so if somebody yells right now in the other room like mental look yeah like, <laughs> like it's my real name you yeah. know so it's, it's an interesting thing but you know
1: so like what went into probably a good transition what went into uh the name mental i always feel like there's usually an, <laughs> at least semi interesting story about yeah
3: that. um i it mine is kind of interesting so i had a good buddy that worked at uh have you guys eaten at almanita before yeah yeah i like my noodle I don't know if you guys are like, manoodle, I swear this has everything to do with this story. <laughs> um, but I would, I would regularly go on Saturday to eat manoodle. And I'll never forget, uh, my cousin said, called someone mental in a story. And I was explaining to my friend I was eating with. And my friend, there's a friend sitting at the table and a friend that's a waiter for me. Mm-hmm. He comes over and he's like, yeah, dude, that sounds so mental that just sounds so mental. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it sounds like we're just being stupid back now. And I'm like, I want some mental manoodle. And it picked up from right there. Oh. Um, and it's funny because every time I go back, it was mental, mental, mental. mental. And eventually I called him mental. Yeah. And then I, my career started to pick up because I was actually going after the name Stix, mm-hmm. uh, which I actually got hit with by the band Stix because it spelled the same way, oh, which is fuck. so cool and so weird that uh, this band, I'm no one copyright people hit me up and were like, You have to change your name. Yeah. Wow. I was like oh wow, shit. I don't it's weird because I don't think it was directly the copyright people from the band. Yeah. I think it was someone who's a fan of the band It was oh. like, hmm, this is kinda weird that this guy decided to do this. Yeah. Um so I had to change my name and I was about to play for Crystal Method and I was like, Oh what am I gonna call myself? What am I gonna call myself? And he was like mental.
1: And I was like, hmm That's so cool. Yeah. I was listening to um this a podcast about the with actually the the owner of I think it was Netflix <laughs> and he's talking about how to pick a name for like a brand. I mean, essentially, it's a it's a company, yeah, a brand, exactly. Right? And his his tip was, and it sounds like it follows kind of the same. Maybe it wasn't intentional on your end, but his his rule is to name it something so awful or so you know embarrassing that like you up, leave it up until the day before you launch and the day of you have to pick something exactly and that's where netflix came out of like they just brainstormed and like now it's like, like iconic
3: yeah like, like i honestly i would have never known that i would have thought netflix was sat down and properly figured out yeah. but it worked because like you know yep. yeah it's crazy even like made-up names like i'm trying to think of a company that has a made-up name but like regardless you know but the one thing that's interesting about that too and it comes from a business standpoint and I feel like a lot of artists hit this wrong too, is that you shouldn't name yourself something you can't pronounce either.
2: Yeah.
3: So like Netflix, yeah. and you read it, and you know exactly what Netflix. it says. Yeah. Mental, you read it, you know exactly what it says. But I have a lot of DJs that it's like, you read it, and it's like, actually it's pronounced like this. Yeah. Or actually it's spelled like this. Like a VC or VG. Yeah. Or uh, I don't even want to burn anyone here in Tucson. Yeah, but <laughs> but, like, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, It's really important to have a name that you can say, yeah. you can spell, you like right off the top of your head. No, no, you know exactly what that yeah, is. is. Yeah.
1: I always think there's a lot of interesting things that go into tricky names of so, anything, right? Oh so, yeah.
3: I, I I like I just recently making my company uh my new up and coming entertainment company, Prism. That one was a hard one, yeah. yeah. Uh but I figured it because I that one okay, I had to really think on this <laughs> one. And I a long night of uh, I was having fun that night, Was just say that. So uh, that's what I was doing. But uh, Prism came to mind because I thought of music as a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, my reds are dubstep, my blues are house music or yeah. green. And so I figured, why not call it Prism? Because the Prism you know, this hits off a full spectrum. Yeah. It it's a specific light. So that's how that came to be. So that cool. came from a night of uh, having fun. Yeah. So yeah. This, this is the best way to put that. Mm-hmm. But
1: the thought behind it makes sense and essentially that that company is a prison Exactly. But a lot of different, different colors. That's so cool. Exactly,
3: yeah. right. And that's what I was thinking. Or like, I've had dumb ones like Timothy Tones. It's just my full name, but the front yeah. first letter of each name yeah. is flipped. Yeah. So, yeah. I've, I've had that too. <laughs> so
1: um well this is probably a good time to talk about prism and and, like what 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 has it been so far what was you know the planning process going into it what do you plan on doing with it
3: um prism is 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 interesting because like i like the entertainment side i like throwing shows um but, like, also from a business standpoint of it, too, it's really good for my own publicity because I book myself. Yeah, sure, of um, course. Now, I won't book myself for every show, but I can give myself direct support for stuff like J6 or if I go play in California mm. with Prism because hopefully, fingers crossed, I do move over there, yeah. uh, hopefully this year with Prism and do a yeah. show. Um, but um, my idea is to actually help local
2: talent.
3: Sure. So, like, don't get me wrong, I love Specto and stuff, but it has—it is a little difficult to get your uh, your name on the Specto because so many people do it. Like so many people want to join Specto yeah. and play for a Specto show, and unless you hit the specific point where, like, you know this person or you have that connection, um, you play for Specto. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong if that Specto is big enough to where that that is a huge issue. Yeah. But if I have my company Prism. Um, where we're throwing smaller shows anyway, uh, respectfully not bashing Specto on yeah. it and not throwing shows on top um, I can actually give these even smaller guys an opportunity to you know, rise up and I'll see it and if it's good and they're bringing a crowd because that's important to bring a crowd yeah. then you do deserve a chance at Specto so I think it's just I I've, I've literally just made a stepping stone yeah. to the next level that didn't exist. Yeah. So and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with it. Well, it sounds like
1: essentially that you were explaining to us to how I think it was before we started recording, but um, how essentially that might have been how Spectre was born out of Relentless. Is that kind
3: of similar? So, no? I think Spectre. Blew up because there was not much else going on in Tucson. Okay. I think they were there, and there was a huger entertainment company above them, and that died out. And he became the owner of Ezu and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it finally gave Specto that opportunity to take this and uh, make it into something big. Right. But um, yeah, it just did. It, it all depends on mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Relentless Beats they own all of Arizona, so uh, it'd be smart to work with Relentless Beats, in which yeah. Specto is.
1: That's surprising though, Um, awesome to hear, but that's surprising with some of the politics that you're talking about goes on behind the scenes, that
3: that you're able to do both of those things simultaneously. I think, and of course I don't have everyone's opinion on it, I think that it's important as an entertainment company to respectfully Let everyone else know you're being an entertainment company and respect other entertainment companies. Like, I will never throw a show on top of Specto. That's out of respect and integrity, too, because I'm also part of Specto. It doesn't make any sense. If I have a show that's going to destroy pretty much money. like the money aspect of it for someone else it doesn't make any sense even if they're not Specto, and it's another entertainment company that's happening like we say oh man hey i just want to let you know i'm throwing the show on friday Mm -hmm. okay i'm not going to throw that show on that day yeah and it also it hurts both of us i just draw people away from your show you just draw people away from mine so you might as well work together yeah um so i would like to believe Specto supports what i do and i do know they uh are, I mean, I would assume they're okay with it okay. Uh, just because I'm not trying to be yeah. malicious about yeah. trying to burn them down. I'm just trying to play my music, yeah. pretty much. And it goes back to
1: sometimes it can be that piece of band mentality. And
3: you don't want to step on
1: toes, but also, it's
2: it's a really growing community yeah. into in some in general, the West
1: Coast in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe this is just Everybody said this in their generation, but I feel like it's getting too precipice, it's Like it's becoming more of a of a popular thing. For oh yeah, people. most definitely. You know, it's funny because this genre has always been popular, and it's just
3: always rised. Yeah, it's always rised. Like years from now, I feel like electronic music will not die. Mm-hmm. It's just going to transform, like dubstep transformed into rhythm. Yeah, but still dubstep. stuff. It's we're just gonna keep making more and more subgenres to where this huge pyramid is just gonna exist. And, you know, it's, well, it's kind of like. Do you think it's a new medium
0: for expressing music? Essentially, what's coming happening now, kind of like what rock and roll was like 34 yeah. years ago, and then it never really died out. It just kept changing. Yeah,
3: it just kept changing. It didn't. I yeah. I kind of agree with that. Where like it it evolved. It maybe didn't pick up the most popular. Like you know, it's not on KRQ as much as it used to be, but it can be they just need to keep expressing the way they're doing it. Like I, I listened to a lot of, like, 19, I grew up on 1980s rock, like, Boston, Guns N' Roses, uh, Metallica, and whatnot. And then going to the 2000s, Blink-182, A Day to Remember, a lot of, like, you know, it kind of died for me, though. And I mean, my girlfriend, Maddie, is extremely entwined with, like, heavy metal music and stuff. So actually, she showed me a lot of newer stuff that comes out Like I do enjoy Breaking Benjamin now and A Day to Remember a lot more because she's influenced it upon me. But um, I definitely feel like rock could come back to the top if it wanted to, but it's going to be difficult because electronic music has its own version of rock Mm -hmm. through like Sullivan King. yeah. yeah, So we technically rock is popular, just not the way I feel like it wanted to be intended. It's through EDM music and that's why electronic music is going to keep going because all these genres are just going to keep coming into it like a, yeah exactly yeah. so you, you will never get rid of it there's always going to be a dj yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of just a, a new vehicle to express music literally yeah as, a,
0: like, you, as opposed to a guitar or a, drum oh, yeah. or a group mm-hmm. of individuals kind of like we were talking about sorry, <laughs> for drums. no you're good uh, <laughs> we were talking about it the beginning like before we started recording
3: but you can really create almost anything with just a piano and a software. Exactly. Companies. exactly, and, and if you look at it too, like Green Day is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not Green Day. I'm, I'm thinking more Linkin Park, I think. Linkin Park, Linkin Park yeah, did a lot absolutely. of electronic stuff. Way back, and way back. that's what yeah. blew them up. And I think people look at that and say, that did it. So let's do this. And I bet Solomon King was the same way. It was like, I probably was in a band or he, I was probably in a band he probably was in a band at one yeah. point and said you know what um, I have a basic understanding of music let me just throw a synth on this and yeah. do it like yeah. Gassy's is a perfect example too true Gasly was in a in a band as well, and he makes heavy dubstep mm-hmm. and I think that
1: spans every genre too uh, yeah. like son Rolo uh was in a band and and from Sweden, Norway, one of the <laughs> <laughs> one, of <those. laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> one of those um and yeah, I think it's just forward thinking people that realize it's kind of inevitable that this change is happening, so they're like I might as well just adapt and plus i mean as an artist, it's got to open up the possibilities of what is at your fingertips mm-hmm. i mean instead of i mean god bless people that want to experiment with analog instruments and i think you can do really cool things with that oh yeah but it's like it's just not comparable to what you can do inside of a, an operating system no, yeah i think it i think you said that
3: perfectly it's either you evolve or you don't yeah you can continue with it or you're going to get left behind mm-hmm. to an extent you'll still make that music and i bet it's still gonna be great yeah but uh Time moves forward, Thanks. and people expect new and better things. Mm-hmm. Movies, everything. Your iPhone, your your phone. They expect an upgrade of some sort, and I mean, I, that's great because life will become boring real quick if everything stays the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you have to evolve with the music, or you're going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I think that's happened too. I'm trying to think of an artist that that's happened to, but I, I can't because I actually think every electronic DJ has done their best to keep up with the tides. Mm-hmm. And Tiesto is a perfect example of that too because he started as trance, went to Progressive House, and Progressive House has been so popular for him for this long that he's still at it at his age.
2: Yeah.
3: Like, So, you know, Deadmau5 is the only one I feel like that's still in that, but he, even his new music sounds revolutionary yeah. to an extent. Yeah. You know, like, and Swedish House Mafia just released a new track, too. That doesn't sound anything like what they've done before, but they're moving forward. Yeah. It's an interesting thing.
1: It's so cool because it gives everybody an opportunity to be the pioneer of some sort of subgenre. Exactly. You know, it's like fucking That's, I mean, that's one of the many reasons I love video, yeah, but I love the fact that you can hop on SoundCloud, find somebody with. Them. I was going to say a couple hundred could be less than that yeah. it was just a fucking incredible
3: track exactly, wow that's actually the only place I find my music It's SoundCloud, because I just I, I put it on, on it's uh, discovery mode and it's just like, whatever it plays, it's whatever it plays it might be someone that has five likes and I will, and i like, if I like have to pick up my phone and be like well who made this track they're killing it and I think that one day and that's how Shizlow started that's how like a lot of these guys have started Mm -hmm. is on SoundCloud just doing their thing so
2: yeah
3: it's I love SoundCloud it's definitely a good way to find people I feel like it's really hard to find specific people on like a uh, uh, Spotify. Like mm-hmm. I even think it's hard to find myself on Spotify. That you had a hard time trying that's, to figure it out. <laughs> I go through Instagram,
1: so your link tree through to, to Exactly. Through yeah.
3: It's funny because people be like, "What's your Spotify?" I don't know how to answer that, but I could send you my SoundCloud link. Extremely mm-hmm. easy, and actually, I show up in at least in SoundCloud somewhere in there for mental. Yeah. So, also mental is a difficult name because that's, mental health, like, yeah, will tackle me one day for yeah. that, but. <laughs> you know I mean, it, it, no one else has that name so it'll be fine yeah
1: but spot, yeah, Spotify you're right search mental and it's like 200 mental health podcasts exactly. we need those mm-hmm. it's great but yeah, yeah <laughs> kind of buried it. but <laughs> that's interesting so, so on that note who do you think or there is there anybody that you would say that people should look out for like somebody that you're like holy shit this person's incredible may not be somebody like the average listener would actually come in contact
3: with? I definitely think Mayflower. Mm-hmm. He's hitting it uh, pretty good. I definitely think his YouTube presence is good. He's going to be blowing up real quick. Yeah. Uh, Mayflower is really good. Of course, I'm going to hype up my boys, Alex the Lad, Half yeah. Dead, which I'm glad you guys did Half Dead because they're a really cool group of guys. Yeah. Alex the Lad, Half Dead. I uh, just The list honestly can go on. Um, but even on the house end, of course, go support Lance. He's yes. up and coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colton, who's Alex Anders, Zaw, Low Audio. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I could just name all the guys yeah. that you should just probably go support, go follow. Absolutely.
1: So Damn. yeah. <laughs> Alex Ladman man, he was one of the sets that like left me. I was like slowly getting into like the. I mean, I appreciated upset but I was more like appreciative. And then I went to. I forgot he was opening for, but he was just destroying it was at Benz and I was like holy shit
3: who is this guy he is uh one of my good friends he's actually helped a lot with the prism stuff um Mm -hmm. he he just hits experimental like that is the word for him Mm -hmm. uh when I did a back-to-back with him recently uh we're all over the place in a good way not in a bad way where we'll play rhythm we'll play some experimental and then low low tempo Mm -hmm. like Dumpstep and stuff, and then come back and finish really strong. Um, and at, on stage, it, to me, it was like, wow, this is kind of weird. Like, I feel like I'm not too all over the place. And then mm-hmm. when I got off the stage, I was like, what's your honest opinion on the set? And they're like, you both bounce off of each other really well. Yeah. And so, like, I love Alex because you can do it back to back with him. He won't yell at you for messing <laughs> up. Because you know, everyone messes up on stage, you yeah. just have to keep going. Yeah. Um but he won't yell at you, and I've, I've done back-to-backs where people are like, what are you doing? And that just kind of throws yeah. my energy off, yeah. and it's just like, okay, well, I don't want to DJ anymore, yeah. and he, he'll be like, nobody heard it, let just keep <laughs> going. <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, so I love Alex. He's, he's definitely an up-and-coming, uh, for sure, and I hope he, like all of us, makes it to yeah. the top, so... I feel like half
1: done is such an. In- I love those guys, but I feel like that's such an interesting dynamic.
3: Yeah, they're. Di- it's interesting because, like, I don't understand, and it, this is weird for me. I don't understand how. Uh, like, I I've done band stuff, you know, like a band has its own instrument, and whatnot. But when it comes to producing, it's weird to think that you have someone next to you doing it, and and like, mm. I, you know what I mean, like I there must be so much a conflict of interest sometimes or like a band would where like you know the drummer could like be like I don't want to do this track you know as for like when I'm by myself I'm in control of all of it Mm -hmm. so like exactly but I'm also I've never done really a back to back with anyone either and made a track with someone so like could possibly work it's just an interesting thing to look at two guys using the same instrument if you think about it yeah. and they're making awesome music mm-hmm. so I, it doesn't like, sound like too conflicted like it's a you know, yeah it's, it's a very fluent flow. which mm-hmm. is awesome it, it's great to find people that very fluent like look at you two you guys yeah. bounce off of each other very, very easily <laughs> thank
0: you, thank you. It well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's episode one it's <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, woo. um Surprisingly sold over most of you. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. I mean, that's good. But yeah. The first back. one should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always I was think on that vein that it is interesting. Any EDM um, group, however you want to call it, that has two people. Because it seems like every, any group I've, I've listened to or people that we've talked to, like one of the draws to producing, it seems like for a lot of artists, is that you get that soul. Directive, yeah. Um, But then you have to find somebody who has the same motivations as you, has the same taste, like music, and want to go in the same direction. Shared vision,
3: Uh, and that yeah. Swedish House Mafia, I think, is the best example for that. Yeah. Because they, you know, they broke up and they were killing it and they were doing their own thing. And um, a lot of people don't know a lot about Swedish House Mafia except for them being Swedish House Mafia, but you know, do you guys know who, they continued their career in EDM just in different ways. But, that. Yeah, so um, Alessa, do you like Alessa? Mm-hmm. Swedish House Mafia. That's one of the three. Uh, Sebastian, and I'm going to butcher the other name because of my, because <laughs> I just can't say it. Uh, Sebastian and Graciel, you've mm-hmm. heard of them, uh, Reload, that song Reload. Uh, I don't think I've heard that one. Uh, look it up; it's a really so, good yeah. one. But okay. those two, so there was three of them. You had Alessio, and then you had Sebastian and Gracio, and they mm-hmm. split up from Swedish House Mafia and it, Mafia. And those two continued to do that vibe, and Alessio yeah. did a few different things. Huh. And then um, one awesome year of Ultra Music Festival that I wish I would have gone to, they got back together. Mm-hmm. And threw down an OG set, and now they're actually making music together again. Wow! Um, but somewhere, and I, I don't know all of you know what happened. Somewhere, Lester like, said, "I don't like where this is heading, and I'm going to cut it." Truthfully, because the other two stayed together.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, but somehow, I think, and it might be money driven somewhat, because having Swedish House Mafia come back for a tour and, like sold out instantly. <laughs> um, but. They came back together, and it's just interesting to watch that, how these three guys mm-hmm. made, sat at one desk and said, I like this, I don't like this, I like this, and they were like, yeah, that's fine, that's <laughs> fine, and so I was like, no, dude, I definitely want this, you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, not sound discombobulated. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually, something snapped, and they went their separate ways, and then had a reunion in a weird way. It yeah. might have been planned, actually, now that I think about <laughs> it, because it made money. Yeah, But it's an interesting thing to think that people can work together like that and just have the same brain, yeah. you know, ready to do that stuff. Yeah. I wish I could find someone like that, because it would be fun probably. to do it together. I like doing it by myself, but, you know.
1: So you've tried working out with people on certain like collaborations, but it hasn't fully worked out to release something? Either? It's
3: it's more like, like as as like just outside of being an artist we have our own lives where mm-hmm. we have work we want to hang out for friends I think it's always like I'll come up to someone at Ben's like Alex and I have been dying to work on a track yeah. together like but life gets in the way Yeah, we have to figure out a time to sit together alright let's do this alright I'll talk to you tomorrow let's get this done because we don't it's going to be like a okay. month from now yeah. and then now that project just kind of dies Perfect. I think it's just hard for people to work together unless you're really really tight and you see each other every single day yeah. um but I mean, of course, when you get to a bigger name where this is your career and you make music for a living, you don't have a nine to five, yeah. then it's like, okay, let's make this together. And Definitely, everyone's going to like it because you're on it, I'm on it, and now we're just going to bring our two crowds together mm-hmm. for them to listen to my music, it's, it's great. But at this stage, you feel like it's
1: just difficult because life thing's get annoying. Exactly. Yeah. I know we've had other guests come on and say that for them, like, they're in similar spot, they haven't had like a full uh, collaboration mm-hmm. with somebody yet, and they're like, I'm just, Folks and I created my own sound first so that when I do a collaboration then it, you know it'll be more of a real collaboration instead of you know, no I feel that there's different ways to look
3: at it but I just want to talk talking about that I definitely feel that <laughs> thanks for the light Alex <laughs> I definitely feel that um, I'm even still trying to figure out my sound if you've heard any of my music it's very like, I like to do this at this time, or like, it's gonna sound like this. It doesn't, I don't have a sound. I just like to make music, and whatever I feel pops up in my head is going to be what I make. So, like, I have a heavy metal song, and I have Mosh Pit, and I have, uh, human very music. yeah, very, very metal. Uh, I had a lot of help with that track, yeah. a lot of help. Uh, my cousin was in a band, from, uh, so I got to sit down with him. I was already somewhat of a drummer, so the drum part no big problem mm-hmm. it was the guitar part for mm-hmm. me where i had to figure out on synth how to make that sound um and thank god he helped me from for that but yeah i've done mosh pit i've done um, wild which was i had my friend sing for mm-hmm. uh which is very uh i think i want to call it low tempo mm-hmm. um i have human music which is just me being mean, weird um and then i have world unknown which man that one took forever to make um
1: but. I like all of your disc- discography. That song specifically feels the most, like, put together as an entire song. Yeah. I mean, they all have their own elements. Of like, course, both, yeah. All, all, all incredible, but that one's just like, oh, wow, this is like, really, really well thought yeah. out, put together, a piece of work. That one
3: took me yeah. forever. The other ones, don't get me wrong, like, I've I've had a lot of fun making those but truthfully i still feel like i was in the phase where i'm learning how to use the program mm-hmm. and i'm still i'm at the point where like it's either i released a song even though it's very poorly done because um, like i i think of all of i mean i'm an artist i look at everything like you know my girlfriend's like no that's good i'm like i hear this and yeah. it's my mixing and mastering obviously and we have to do all of it as a producer mm-hmm. like yeah. everyone you've talked to does not have someone, they send their music to go mix and master. Exactly. We have to learn how to do and tackle these horrible monsters <laughs> that can define your music completely. Yeah. Um, but world unknown, I sat down, I think for six months and just really drilled that one out. Um, and I was trying to stay focused on it. So I wasn't trying to make other music, which depending on who you are is like, well, you probably should have tried something else, but I even like uh, the piano work and that was very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. uh, But I enjoyed it. Um, Even the singing, I actually... uh, I did that singing for that track. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, The thing is, is that I had to be careful because I actually heard those lyrics somewhere else. I had to buy those lyrics off of someone. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, And I changed a few of the words to fit what I was trying to tackle in the song. Yeah. But... um,
1: Sorry, you said no. No. How does, how does that. No, how does that work? So you go to the original owner of the lyrics and you...
3: say. So I, I heard it on a sample, um, pretty much a sample uh, website. Uh-huh. I heard that person sing it. I reached out to them and I said, hey, I'm going to buy the sample, but I'm going to re-sing it. Is okay. that okay? Is there a copyright issue in that? I'm going to change a few words. and it's like, no. So I was like, cool. So I sang that track. Uh, obviously, it doesn't sound a lot like what I sound like right yeah. now but I did do choir for a while so yeah. like I do have that idea of it of course there's a bit of modifications because of my microphone that i'm using at the time i finally got a professional microphone nice. but nice. i had to do a lot of changing on that. <laughs> i that. I turned out really well yeah, thank you yeah. it was it was again it was a project that i would sit there for nights and be like i really want to finish this one i like where <laughs> it's headed because it's very dump dubsteppy yeah. it's very like it hits a soft note and that's kind of what i want like even in my sets i want to hit i want to be like uh Summon lines I said earlier, or Mm -hmm. a lineum. Mm -hmm. The one thing I enjoy about their sets is it's like a wave. It's a wave. You're crying, and then I don't know why, but I'm headbanging. You know what I mean? I like to hit a sensitive note and then come back from that sensitive note really strong. As for it just being a flat dubstep set the whole Mm -hmm. time, that's just what I think will stand me out compared to everyone else.
1: I feel like there's a really masterful way of doing that, too, because I have been to certain artists' sets that attempt that, but it's a little too kind of janky. Yeah. You know, I don't name names and they're bigger <laughs> yeah. names, but I just don't feel like talking shit's the way to mm-hmm. you go. Know. But um yeah, there's a really masterful way of getting you from one place to another.
3: Exactly. You know. And it's it's difficult. Even when I perform, I, I like to try to do that. Like I will do it and I don't coordinate any of my sets. I mean I'll put the music in a playlist, mm-hmm. but like I watch the crowd and what they're vibing on. Um, sure. Very, I think that's very important. Like, yeah. for instance, if everyone is not headbanging anymore, obviously I need to give them a break. So yeah. let me have them sing to a song that they've heard before from Flume or Millennium yeah. or whoever. And as soon as that song kind of goes into the buildup, you have that energy again. It's mm-hmm. like a, I want to say just an explosion of energy because, yeah. you know, you don't want to keep everything at a flat. You know, right? You don't want to drop on drop on drop. Yeah, it it just doesn't work. Yeah, um,
1: it's the human interaction aspect. You're engaging with the humans, and they exactly. you
3: know you have to base what you're doing off of their needs because they're the ones going to be perceiving it. Exactly. One thing I like to tell everyone is is that I like to play music that you know, mm-hmm. but I also want to play music that you're going to Shazam. Mm-hmm. So like if I think the song's fire, I'm going to play it for you, yeah. but it's only for you. i am the entertainer i'm not playing a set for me to listen to later i'm playing it for you so i will even play music that i won't listen to on my free time because i know the crowd listens to it like Mm -hmm. a lot of like the rap music i I like rap i like uh, kendrick lamar and childish gambino Mm. um but like if a song's popular right now yeah i'm gonna like wop is a perfect example i will <laughs> never listen to wop on my free time but of course i have a dumpstep remix for everyone you else even, to sing it, to. Yes. yeah so uh i think that's extremely important yeah i do like the remix but i you know i have to obviously listen to it a few times to figure out how i'm gonna mix it but uh um, you won't find me listening to it like in my free time you know yeah. what I mean so yeah I think it's extremely important to ca- catch that wave and that's what I did back to world unknown I wanted to catch that wave mm-hmm. where it started off soft you didn't know where it was gonna go and then it finally gets to a rhythmy heavy uh, moment and even with the synth that I use for the piano, trying to keep yeah. that familiar feel. So yeah, it's it's been a it's definitely been a journey with that one. But that one's been out now I think for like a few months. So mm-hmm. I got to release some more music. So <laughs> I'm working with that with my manager. I actually have like eight tracks or so on right the, on. on the back work. So that's got to be a good way to go. Is have those on the back box. You know, a little things. bit, yeah. I one thing I've learned is, is I'll finish the track, release it, and I'll be like, crap. Yeah. Somebody, they're expecting me to make more music, (laughs) so I probably should do that, you know? So, and most of those tracks, like the new ones, like it's kind of all over the place still, but I'm trying to go towards more of that dubstep y feel. I think every track still hits that dubstep rhythm feel. Right. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely trying to chase that. I'm trying to do more of, like, I don't know if you guys heard Dinosaurs and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh That probably is my most popular track next to World Unknown just because it's uh fun fact uh the people talking in that are my bosses at specto oh really uh, yeah they had a fun night downtown and somebody recorded them and uh <laughs> my boss loves dinosaurs and he okay. saw somebody walking down the street with a dinosaur on the shirt uh, and he was like i like your shirt mm. i love dinosaurs and shit and so was, uh, for his birthday they sent me this video and i cut the audio out of it and i just it in this track and that's awesome. gave it to him for his birthday but that song has done so well I think yeah. because of who's in it and why they want to listen to it so yeah, yeah. that's funny I was gonna ask you yeah it's it's a really really fun it was difficult because like the clip is like 10 seconds so mm-hmm. I'm trying to grab everything I can out of this clip and mm-hmm. every voice you hear um, like the girl voice is Karina. Um, she's one. I think it was for her engagement party. They were downtown, so obviously they're having a ton of fun. Yeah. But uh, shout out to Quinn for recording that. You for <laughs> giving that to me. So, but yeah, I love that track too. Yeah, I got I'll be releasing more music
1: pretty soon. Cool. And hopefully, something to that vibe. So, um, dude, very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really cool to see. Uh, obviously, we hit you up because we love. We're you're setting this, this guy's incredible but yeah it's also cool to hear that you're working from the inside out like mm-hmm. you're doing the entertainment side of thing. like you're it's so cool to see such a well-rounded person with such good intentions
3: yeah like, i want to do something cool with this. thank you yeah i think it's important to be a part of grab everything you can and, yeah. and do it be a part of the entertainment be a part of the djing the producing i think the best way to learn i don't know like if i were to perform at edc for example I'd love to know how it all works, too. Yeah. So you might as well get, like, a basis of how entertainment works. And also, too, um, when you work in entertainment, you learn how to book people. Yeah. Which means if you're an artist, you learn how to, get booked. how to get booked. So it's all like you're figuring yourself out by okay. doing a bunch of stuff. It's us work in the back end. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: well, man, uh, how... Ooh, i hope you stay in touch i think we will say oh yeah we're definitely gonna stay in touch you need to finally
3: where
0: do where do people find you where yeah. should we find you
3: uh mental music official on facebook and instagram i think it's just mental on soundcloud Um, As you know, on Spotify, have fun. Um, You'll find it eventually. (laughs) Uh, But I'm on every platform for my music right now um, and look forward to seeing some stuff hopefully in the next month. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'll be playing a few more shows hopefully pretty soon. Um, I can't say which show I guess yeah. yet, because um, I probably should have my name on the flyer before I say which <laughs> one. But uh, hopefully, if you live in California, you'll be seeing me pretty soon as well. So, Ooh, yeah, great. great. <laughs> right on, man. Well,
1: again, thank you. And um, Do a little cheers. A cheers. cheers. Up, like, on your <laughs> uh, there it is. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. That was our episode with Mental next week we sit down with a interesting guy from the east coast named alex botchel who is uh on top of being a musician also a candle maker and he's got a super interesting story and he's very inspiring so i hope to see you then until then stay caffeinated